This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Welcome back. We are going to switch gears, and now it's time for our regular contributors from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Billy Chung is in the house to take your calls and answer your questions, and also to tell us about specialized service that can help us manage our health. Did you know that some pharmacists also take advanced training to specialize in areas like geriatric care, diabetes care, and asthma management? And if uh, those are areas where you need help, uh, it's worth knowing about. Of course, Billy will take all of your questions and your comments, the numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Billy, welcome. Thanks for being here. Hi, Libby. So, um, since when uh, do pharmacists take advanced training, and and, uh, who does it? It's uh, it's interesting. Eh? You got pharmacists are behind the counter, and they may all look the same. But uh, definitely, I think uh, you, you're going to uh, hear today that, that there's lots of different types of pharmacists out there. Um, but in general, first of all, I'd probably say for, uh, first is that the pharmacists, all pharmacists, uh, take ongoing training. So it's not simply they graduate from university, get their pharmacy degree, and then they start working and that's it. They do uh, take uh, training on an ongoing basis. It's actually required for them on an annual basis as part of the licensing. Um, okay, so how and how many hours is required? It uh, used to be hours. So it used to be when I was, um, uh, after I graduated, I had to make sure I counted the number of continuing education credits that I go to. Right. Um, a number of years ago, the uh, the college, which is our licensing body for pharmacists, decided, you know what, sitting in a continuing education program isn't necessarily the right way or the best way for pharmacists to uh, ensure that they're up to speed on things. So uh, the model that's gone on now, actually, is that the pharmacist, first of all, every pharmacist is supposed to keep a learning portfolio. Okay, and it's online now, so it's great. You can kind of keep track of it uh, from the computer. Um, but what the pharmacists do is that when you go to continuing education programs, things like that, um, you're supposed to kind of self-direct what you need to learn based on what you do. So in other words, if I was in a uh, pharmacy that deals with a lot of patients that are diabetic, then as a pharmacist, uh, it's my responsibility to make sure that I do take continuing education related to diabetes to be able to support the patient population that I see in my I, pharmacy. I would think basically every pharmacist deals with a lot of patients with diabetes. Yeah, and you know what? There's always a certain level, and then uh, we can talk about certification, because yeah. that's kind of that extra yeah. layer now, is that you got pharmacists that deal with additional, um, I'd probably say a deeper um, understanding and a deeper help for people with diabetes. you got certified diabetes educators out there that are a lot of pharmacists out there that provide that additional care, um, the additional help that maybe somebody's not used to from their pharmacist. Uh so, again, I mean, 
like every other scientific specialty, you know, stuff happens every yeah. year. So do you get tested? I mean, how, I mean, you know, there are new, new drugs yeah, all yeah. the time and new yeah. drug interactions. How do you stay on top of that? So I'll, I'll tell you, first of all, it's, uh, it's not easy. Thousands of drugs uh, are out there. Um, so couple advantages. One is as pharmacists, because you're trained from a clinical perspective on how drugs work, um, you may not know every single drug out there, but you know them by groups and classes. Um, so by knowing groups and classes, you have a general understanding of what different drugs and how they react in the in the body. And so by knowing a class, that that's one helpful thing. But definitely your pharmacist, as much as you think they may know everything, um, they have <laughs> access to resources out there. Uh, and they, because of that access, they can, based on their knowledge as well as the access to resources, be able to help people with their medications and how to manage things. Um, so they do do, re- do have resources. So, for example, when I'm in the pharmacy, I have access to a database that you can't find on the Internet. Okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a special one that does allow me to look More up than book. Dr. Google. <laughs> yeah, more than Dr. Google. I mean, specifics based on clinical studies, right? So yeah. I have access to a database that allows me to look up um, drug interactions between a nutritional drug and a, and a regular conventional Western medication drug, and then it's based on studies. And I can look at the studies. And so as a pharmacist, you, you learn how to kind of evaluate what makes sense uh, based on the person you're looking at. Um, you learn how to look at the data and say, okay, uh, is this even relevant? Because you know what? Some drug interactions may not be relevant, right? So it's, it's the ability to kind of look at that information is, is what's helpful. Uh, for the pharmacist in terms of knowing as much as they can out there. But definitely, I, I wouldn't know every single drug that's out there. <laughs> okay. Um, before we uh, get further into the whole question of specialization, uh, let's take a call from John in Toronto. Hi, John. Hello? Hello. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? Good. Good. I just got a question for the pharmacist. The, I pick up my prescription, which is covered 100% by the insurance company, and they tack on $4 for themselves. Is this proper? Are you speaking about a copay, John? What? The insurance company pay 100%. They pay 100%? Yeah. So I, I think it probably depends on um, your plan in terms of whether it is a copay or not, right? Because um, there's, there, there's actually a whole multitude of different types of plans out there. Um, there are some plans that cover 100%. And so what happens in the pharmacy in the background when they fill a prescription is that they, uh, they adjudicate. And there's a communication that actually goes to your insurance company. And then what happens is it bounces back a message to the pharmacy saying, okay, this is how much the drug costs and this is how much we're covering. So typically a pharmacy would, whenever it pops up, it's what most likely what's happening is that it's popping up a message that says $4 is a copay or a cost difference. Um, what I'd probably suggest to you is that you get the documentation from your plan that says what the coverage is and usually from your human resources or whoever you have a contact, there's usually a 1-800 number or something like that to uh, find out about your plan uh, and they'll give you the details and then speak to your pharmacist and find out what that $4 is all, $4 is all about because they I should have, be able to clarify it okay i have spoke to the pharmacist they agree that the insurance company has paid the 100 percent. okay but they're tacking on four dollars so ask them what the four dollars is all about i um, did and they said well it's just four dollars well i i <laughs> there's got to be a, be a better answer. answer than that yeah mm. I, that's... so i can't get anything from them other than you know so i have to leave the prescription there just on principle Oh well, um, you don't have to. 
You can move your prescription yeah. elsewhere, but I would uh, clarify that. Um, Definitely. Normally, they give you an answer. Yeah. Yeah, because I was on to the insurance company. The insurance company has got this prescription went in a couple of days ago. Yeah. And they've already paid them 100%. Okay, yeah. well, th- that's, that's all we can tell you. 100% is 100%, and uh, it's like anything else. Yeah. If you- the, the pharmacy needs to have an explanation mm-hmm. for you for what it is, whether it's a cost difference or a copay or not. But mm-hmm. if it's simply just $4 and they say it's because of that, then well, I would get clarification. Cause I, I know, uh, okay, uh, John, good luck with that. Thanks. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. I know that... Um, a weird thing with the way insurance was paid, I mean, uh, uh, that I remember that a couple of times uh, when I was getting payment for paramedical stuff like like a, a chiropractor yeah. thing. Yeah. So I'd submit a bill for what the chiropractor charged, charged. me. They would pay less than that mm-hmm. and call it 100% because they say, no, our rate for what the chiropractor should be charging you yep. Yep. is this. Is this rate? And they right. Charge and more then than my response rate. was, you know, if you can find someone in Toronto who charges that, let me know where they are. But <laughs> that's just the way some insure. But it, it, and it's confusing because they said we're covering a hundred percent, but yeah. it, it was a lot less than that actually. It's a terminology thing, and uh, I think the best thing for people to know is obviously understand the actual specifics of what their plan covers. And uh, people will use different terminology and say, "Hey, we cover one hundred percent of this cost," but if your pharmacy charges a different cost, then that might be the reason why. But the pharmacy should be able to. to- show you or tell you the difference. And if not, then I'd probably ask for the pharmacy manager. If it's an independent pharmacy, there might be an owner there. I would ask for, I would escalate it because sometimes the staff may not be aware and you need to make sure you're speaking with somebody. But there should be an explanation out there, John. Okay. Well, we have another uh, billing question from Jim and Pickering. Hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. Hi, and good afternoon to you both. You know, I've run into this very same thing. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess I've been very, very healthy. So it ended up I needed cataract surgery, and I showed up at the, uh, at the pharmacy, and I needed these drops. And so I handed in my, it was Manulife at the time, we have a different card, and they said, oh, now you're over 65, right? Yeah. So now I'm over 65, and so they covered some of it, but I would say I paid about one-third, call it one-third, because I'm over 65, right? So it goes to the Ontario Drug Plan or something now. Yeah. Yep. And I've had that situation several times, and they stand there and say to me, I'm 70, actually. You're over 65, but I know this, right? Yeah. I yeah. know that. But but I'm going to call. we got a new carrier, as I say, as of February this year, and I was uh, had a union job that I uh, retired from. But I, I've never been able to figure this out. And I was under so much stress. Because it was, a, I had been healthy, and all of a sudden getting the surgery. I'm not going to argue. If I got to pay, I pay. But yeah, there, I don't there, understand. You know, you know what? And there are some insurance companies that won't cover you at 70. Oh. I've I've run into that. It depends on the plan. And as I said, as as I found out with some of the other charges, 100% doesn't necessarily mean 100%. You know, I'll tell you, the, yeah. uh, this is probably one of these most challenging things that in the pharmacy, um, the pharmacy deals with these days because of the complexities around plans. And I'll use your example there, Jim. You're yeah. over 65, which means you have and you also indicate you have coverage through manual life. So you have double coverage. You have coverage through the Ontario Drug Benefit Program, okay, ODB, which covers 
a significant portion of the drugs out there. Most of the drugs out there are covered by ODB, but not all. There's wow. a bunch of them that are not. And so that's decided by the government what gets covered or not. And so in the case, depending on what you're prescribed, if it is not covered, then what happens in the pharmacy is that it goes through the ODB plan first, and ODB comes back and says, yeah, you're not covered. And then what happens is it gets bounced off to your second plan, which is your Manulife plan. Go to Manulife. Wow. Manulife says, oh, okay, we'll cover this much, and it comes back. Um, and it may come back with a third, two-thirds, whatever, as you, as you indicated. Wow. Um, and then I'd probably suggest there's even another time period where August 1st every year we have, depending on the type of senior you are, you may have a copay of $100. So um, there's a copay level every year that people have to pay that you don't pay the 100 right away unless you've used that much medication. So if you're using less, there may still be an amount that gets bounced over. So it is very complex. Uh, and my, yeah, go ahead. And And, you know, even with... Drug plans, right? Um, I'm in a relatively new drug plan, and uh, the government isn't involved. But there, the it says, okay, we cover eighty percent. But there are some drugs that they said, no, you cover eighty yeah. percent because yeah. that's not something we. Co- I mean, and it's yeah. it's something that I need. So tough luck. Have, yeah, these plans have formularies, and they make decisions on what they cover, right? So you got different layers. Now, I do have to say, your pharmacy should be able to explain what that difference is, okay? Because again, it's majority of cases now, all drug plans are adjudicated real time. What it means that they see the the cost differences and things like that that come up and they're communicated as much information as possible. The system is still, I have to tell you, very archaic in terms of what gets communicated. You get messages back, but uh, it, it should have enough information to be able to say to you, Jim, this is the reason why you're paying two thirds today. And, and that's, yeah. you know, that's another thing because sometimes when I get the piece of paper from the insurance, and there's a little asterisk with the explanation. You look at the explanation and go, huh? Yeah. Those are usually <laughs> standard responses that kind yeah, of... Yeah, but I, it's like, I, I don't know what this means. Yeah. And uh, just to, if I could just say one more thing is that, yeah, it's because I didn't have enough uh, experience in using it, and I've had something come up again recently. I just broke my wrist, actually. Oh, no. Oh, sorry yeah. to hear that. So, we had to straighten that out, and I'll just save up whatever I got I've got, right? But, you know, we don't have free health care. The thing is, I worked 41 years, and I've been retired for 13, right? Yep. And I've been healthy and paying in and this and that and the other. But you know what? So I paid that for the drugs. But you also pay, pay a, um, a block fee for the cataract surgery, right? I mean, you know, so that's that Oh, that is I, – I did a whole column on that. There, there are issues – there, there is a certain level that is covered with cataract surgeries, and some people have issues being upsold. You can get better lenses and better this and better that, and and um, you know we need a whole other show for that. Wow! And it's it's not it, it doesn't really have anything to do with pharmacy. It has to do with the cataract surgery. But I'll we tell don't you. really have free health care, as far as I'm concerned. Like I'm for, I'm very happy to be healthy. And I am very healthy and have been very healthy. But how can we call our what we have free health care? Well, we don't call it free health care. We have a single yeah. pay system. And you know what? You're lucky you're not in the States. Yeah, and I'll tell <laughs> I you, mean, honestly. It, I'm not sure it's going to get better down the road either right now. The system is going to, is strained. For and this, and this, this. the system is strained. But I think you point out something very important, Jim, and that is it's sort of too complex. Wow. It's, it's just yeah. crazy. Anyway, Jim, thanks for your argue. call. You know, you, all you're concerned is to be well. So thank you very much and be well for you. Take thank care, you Jim. very much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Oh. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I am here with Billy Chung, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. And uh, today we want to talk about some of the specialized training that some pharmacists have and how you can get access to that if you need it. We will get to your calls. So, uh, Billy, tell us a little bit more about that. You know, if if you have uh, specific types of um, conditions and things like that, I want to make sure people know that there are there's more to that pharmacist behind that counter in in number of cases. So um, it's good to always chat with your pharmacist. Look, but there's credentials there because we have pharmacists that are certified diabetes educators, certified geriatric pharmacists, certified asthma educators, um, and and the list goes on. And and basically, what you have is that these pharmacists have specialized in areas that they've got extra training. So if I look at diabetes for example, these certified diabetes educators, these pharmacists, have a higher level of training than um, uh, some doctors and a lot of other pharmacists in terms of helping people with diabetes. It goes above and beyond, and they have requirements where they write a diabetes exam every five years. They have 800 hours of training on a regular basis of dealing with diabetes-specific care. So it's not that everybody needs these specialists, but in some cases, just like your physician, you may need to go see a cardiac specialist things like that. If you have specific conditions, um, ask your pharmacist. See what types of credentials additional they have beyond just that pharmacist degree. You may find that it may be beneficial for you to sit down with somebody who helps you manage that as well. Uh, Okay. So say uh, you ask and your pharmacist doesn't have the one you need. How do you find someone who does? So that's where that comes a little bit more of a challenge. Okay. Now, the uh, OCP website does have um, a listing of all pharmacists. Ontario College of Pharmacy. So it's ocpinfo.com. And when you go there, you can say, find a health professional. You can click on that uh, pharmacist, uh, that, that link. And then in there, you can type in a pharmacist name and in there, it'll show you their education and training and background as well. So that's one way. Typically, most pharmacists are pretty good at making sure that you know, though. So when you go in, you'll probably mm-hmm. see a, a, usually see like a wall in the consultation room or somewhere in the pharmacy that shows certification certificates. It may be that, uh, that area, but take a look and, and see. Um, but yeah, you might require to hunt it down or ask the pharmacist if they know somebody too. I, they might I was going to. to say, you know, yeah. Otherwise, Referrals. my GP will refer me to a specialist. Can my pharmacist refer yeah. me to a specialist the same way? Yeah, and they may. So it depends on where you are. And because there's so many pharmacies, it's hard to – I won't be able to tell you def- defin- definitively that you can go to this pharmacist and every one of them will tell you. But a lot of them might be able to refer to you saying, hey, I'm looking for somebody who maybe specializes in, in a certain area. Okay, so uh, I, I want to get to some calls. But just to go over it, the areas are diabetes management, geriatric care, Asthma management, what else? The, you know what? There's some pharmacists specialize in cardiovascular. There's some pharmacists that specialize in um, what I would call specialty compounding, specialized medicine, where they customize things that aren't, for example, available um, from a pharmaceutical company pharmaceutical company. They can create uh, formulations. Way back when pharmacists used to do that on a regular basis, they actually, there are some that specialize in that as well. It's a very broad range as well. So it's, uh, it, there's almost um, uh, an unlimited list, but I'd probably say broad range. You've hit the nail in terms of the major ones that you do have pharmacists that are specialized. Okay. That's really good information. Uh, let us take a couple of calls. We've got Vanessa in Whitby. Hi, Vanessa. <laughs> Oh, hi. How are you? Fine. How are you? Now, people, I have to ask you to be quick because we are starting to run out of time and people are waiting. Go ahead. Yes, I just have a quick comment. I don't know about that gentleman that uh, 
he was saying the $4 charge. Uh-huh. I don't know about that drugstore. However, Shoppers Drug Mart has a $2 charge that is their dispensary fee, and they just put it on there. It's a and, uh, copay. Also, uh, this week what I've discovered at Shoppers Drug Mart is I needed a prescription uh, for high blood pressure, and uh, my doctor was away for a couple of more days, so I was, I guess, two days without the prescription. And I asked if they could just give me two days till he come back, or sorry, two pills till he come back the next day. And they pointed to a sign that said, um, we will not give you a couple of days of prescription. However, if you pay $15, we will give you a month's supply. Uh, okay, we'll let uh, Billy respond. Thanks for your call, Vanessa. And you know, I'll tell you, I yeah. definitely we can do a whole show on that whole oh. author, pharmacist authorized prescriptions and charges out there. But yeah, you're going to see pharmacies now doing some different things than traditional, with it, which is not simply just the fees that go along with the prescriptions, but for some of the work that's taking place out there. But definitely a long conversation, but there are some pharmacies that charge for that extra work that's being done as well. Okay, let us go to Richard in Toronto. Hi, Richard. Oh, hi. Good afternoon. Uh, hi, Richard. I have a couple of questions or comments, just quick. Uh, first of all, the City of Toronto changed the provider in the middle of our local 79 contracts. So we went from Manulife coverage to Green Shield Canada coverage, but our coverages were reduced in Green Shield from Manulife. I wondered, it may not be your an- an answer for you, but it's fascinating that they changed the provider in the middle of a union contract. Wouldn't that be sort of un, un, uh, untoward? In other words, shouldn't they wait till 2019 when we're renegotiating our new contract? And the second point I just quickly want to make... I, I just res- respond to that. Um, yeah. When when I see just... I mean, I, I don't know what your union contract says, yeah. but I know that right. here at our workplace, on the everything they write about the pharmaceutical coverage, there's a note that says the coverage may change at any yeah. time without any notice. So uh, uh, possibly your yeah. union I'm, contract I'm says that too. I'm not sure it's too. necessarily yeah. linked to your print. union contract. Maybe it's just simply coverage is, yeah. is what's it, well, necessary. Well, I yeah. mean, unless they negotiated it, that that it's a thing and it has to stay the same, uh, companies always yeah. cover, because every year yeah. uh, the companies get often what can be a very big increase in that coverage. So sure. they might be shopping around for a better deal because they can be hit with a big increase just like you can. I don't know if you want a contract to lock in a specific provider anyways. You want to lock in what benefits you have, right? that's true. So it gives them that flexibility to find Yeah, but sometimes some things are reduced when they move. I mean, yeah, different plan. Yeah, anyway, um, Richard, did that answer your question? Yeah, and just a quick one. Um, When you retire, they say it'll be $90 a month for extra coverage. Now, somebody suggested I should look at the fine print because would that $90 per month increase in the next five years, so to speak? I would assume it would. And I think a lot of retirees don't look at the fine print to see that it might increase. They think, ah, $90 today, $90 five years from now. Um. Yeah, I have no. That's an insurance thing. That's that would be insurance, uh, and depends on the coverage. But I would probably always yep. read the fine print yep. to see that. But I, I would probably suggest that nev- these things are never definite forever. So yeah. it, always potential for change, right? Exactly. Okay, right, Richard. Thank thanks. Right on. Bye. Okay, uh, let's go to Bob in Cannington. Hello, Bob. Hi, Bob. Hi. How are you today? Fine. How are you? Good. Um, I buy insulin. And when I had uh, benefits available, uh, 
I needed a prescription to buy the insulin on uh, prescri- um, mm-hmm. to get it. Uh, and I no longer have the benefits, and I can buy, uh, you can buy insulin over the counter prescription. Price though was higher with prescription than it is over the counter, and I wondered why that was. Sorry, uh, it's higher over the counter or higher for by prescription? Higher by prescription. Yeah, it's, uh, you know what, the insulin pricing is probably one of these anomalies where because it's not prescription, you don't need the prescription, uh, pharmacies are able to and are free to charge what they uh, deem necessary for for that medication. Um, And generally, most pharmacies are pretty competitive in the area for over-the-counter insulin in terms of how much they charge. So typically, pharmacies will charge a certain rate, and most of them in the area would do that. You can shop around over-the-counter to get an idea of what the price looks like, um, but that would be the one thing. When they're on prescription, then the insulin gets it's priced differently. The model's differently. It's not a markup because it's dispensed, right? So because it goes through a drug plan, that's where you may see some of that variation and variance that takes place. But, but is it there, is, sorry, is there any difference in the actual medication? No, it's the same one, right? So it's, um, yes. you'd think it'd be the same and based on, depending on what type, uh, the pharmacy, how they price things. So there's some pharmacies will just price prescription insulin the same way as they would do over the counter and that evens it out. There's some pharmacies that may just have the, typical how they price regular drugs that require prescription and insulin gets lumped into that. You may have a fee tacked on differently than a markup. So it's a little bit of a messy thing, but yeah. And, I, and you know, just like we talked about before about the deductibles, that would be something if you had a question about it, I would inquire because some people without a drug plan may still get their prescription on their insulin on prescription. And you can inquire about that to check if the price is the same or not. But typically, hopefully most pharmacies are charging approximately the same rate. It does require a little bit of a manual adjustment in some cases though. Okay, yeah. thanks. It just seemed like they were taking advantage of the insurance company. Uh, yeah, and hopefully not, right? But that, that you know, it's... Uh, well, they're, they're okay. charging them more. Yeah, and we, it, it shouldn't happen. But, uh, you know, in some cases, insurance companies may have a certain rate that they pay, and that's how they pay for it, and that might be how the pharmacy okay. system is priced. But I would inquire. I would ask. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. Okay, I'm trying to see if we have time for uh, one more. And... Um, Okay. Uh, Alza in Oshawa, if you can uh, ask your question in 10 seconds, will you have a question? I don't have a question. I have a comment. Uh, we're both over 65, so we qualify for free prescription drugs, but our drugstore tax on a $4.11 dispensing fee to every prescription. It's, uh, uh, so let me redefine that. The, okay. When you're over 65, um, it's, it, it's not free. Uh, and there is the government has put in a copay system, uh, so anyone could actually pay up to depending on income level two dollar copay or a six eleven copay. Some pharmacies dis- pharmacies discount their copays for people, uh, and, and some some pharmacies I think waive them. Yeah, that's so it depends. So the two dollar copay typically is low income, and there's a lot of pharmacies out there that waive because you know what people can't afford it sometimes, and they want to mm-hmm. make sure right. The six eleven copay is usually for higher income uh, seniors, and a lot of pharmacies because they're waiving the two dollars for their other patients. To be fair, they waive two dollars off the six eleven, which is that four eleven 
411 that you speak about as well. So typically, and most pharmacies do charge at least the 411 that's out there for co-pays. Um, you know, Ontario has the probably the lowest co-pay system in the country. Uh, I don't know if that co-pay will stay the same over the years, but definitely talk to your pharmacist. They can talk to you a little bit more about what that co-pay looks like and why it's there. And it's a shared cost, though. Yeah. Okay. You know, I didn't know that. So thank you. Great. And thanks for uh, the rest of it. Billy Chung, as always, that was very informative and useful information from our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.